0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bread for the
1: broken. That's the other thing of like, how do we arm ourselves? Well, you arm yourself with like being like all in for Jesus. That would be number one. The other helpful thing, the second thing that will help you to arm yourself to have the same attitude that he has is to be fixed on his will. Your will be done. Jesus prayed it, you and I should pray it hundreds of times every single day. You roll out of bed. I say this all the time, roll, get pushed. I don't know how it works for you, but you get out of bed, you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done today.
0: Are you feeling lost or uncertain about your life's purpose? Do you ever wonder what God's will is for your life? Well, in today's message, Pastor James talks about how God's will isn't some mysterious puzzle for us to solve. The truth is, God's will is right in front of us. It's in the Bible. It's in the teachings of Jesus. It's in the still small voice that speaks to us in prayer. We just have to be willing to listen and obey. So let's start praying today that God's will be done in our lives, and let's trust that He'll guide us. Now, here's Pastor James in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: There's a story in the, New, or the Old Testament concerning a young man named David, a teenager at the time. We're doing a men's Bible study and we're kind of looking at the life of David right now and he faced a giant whose name was Goliath. When all the other warriors and soldiers in Israel's battle or Israel's army, including Saul himself, were hiding, David, a young man, a man after God's own heart, faced it and went head on with Goliath head on he said and you know he he had no 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 lack of confidence at all no lack of faith for sure in, in God's ability to bring victory in and through him to bring down this giant and it, it's kind of that same that same attitude that same mindset where it's like suffering's a part of the equation when you said yes to Jesus you also said yes to suffering and i'm sorry if somebody told you otherwise but they lied to you they lied to you there's a price to pay in following Jesus. And like Jacqueline read in that scripture verse, there's a cross to be carried. And the cross always means death. Always. Always. Suffering's a part of the deal. It's a part of the deal. And, and I, I, I wish that that was communicated more. And, and we, don't, we don't glory in those sufferings or anything like that. We, we glory in, in Christ's ability to, ability to get us through suffering and to cause growth from suffering. But we need more of this in the church today as we are what we believe living in the last days. Because there will be a great falling away. There has been a great falling away within churches. There, there will continue to be a great falling away within churches because the temperature will be turned up on the church. Suffering will be a reality for Western Christians? And does that change your relationship with Jesus? Are you set? Are you resolved in your commitment to following Christ? I learned this through one of my mentors and one of my heroes, preacher Britt Merrick, out there in Carpinteria, California. And when he was going through the ordeal, you've heard me talk about this many times, but when his nine-year-old daughter, Daisy Love, was battling cancer and ultimately ended up losing her life to cancer, he shared this story when he was in the hospital and his baby girl was dying. And he had this, and he he just was very real, very transparent, and, and he shared with the congregation, he says, in that moment, he's like, I called out to God, and I told God this, if you take my daughter nothing changes between me and you. Nothing changes. It's that resolve that we need to have. If the suffering, when the suffering comes, are you resolute in your commitment to follow Jesus? This is what Peter is communicating to these believers because they were were facing suffering. They were facing this. They were losing family members because of their their allegiance with Christ. They were losing their jobs, their businesses. They were losing their homes because they simply called themselves and identified as, I am a Christ follower. And they were losing everything because of that. And Peter's encouraging them, arm yourself with that same attitude that Jesus had. Same attitude that he had. And we know the ultimate display of that was Jesus before Pilate, before he's crucified. And all these accusations are being hurled at Jesus. And he stood there, just silent. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't need to defend himself. He knew that stuff was coming. In fact, the only thing he really did say to Pilate was, he just confirmed. He's like, oh yeah, I am. I am the king of the Jews. Yeah, I am who I say I am. If I wanted to, I could call down angels. No big deal. But this is what his will was to do, the will of God in his life. We saw that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter's encouraging these followers. He's encouraging us today, arm yourselves with the same mindset that Christ had. Philippians, the book of Philippians talks about this, you know, that mindset that Christ had. It's a mindset of humility. It's a mindset of like just full commitment of like, Lord, I'm here to do your will. Not my will be done, but your will be done. We know that there are benefits through in suffering. Anybody's ever, it's still January, so maybe you still are honoring your commitment to working out, um, I don't know. It's been long enough to where that's probably been, you know, you probably abandoned that plan already this year, and that's okay. There's always next year, guys. There's always next year. It's fine. <laughs> if you've ever played sports or had to work out, there's an element of suffering that comes along with that. There's a breaking down, a constant breaking down that's a part of it. And it's not comfortable, but it's beneficial. It's beneficial. If you want to grow stronger, if you want to gain endurance, if you want to, you know, to, to, to finish well, so to speak, you, there has to be that element of suffering. It's necessary. For us in our Christian walk with Jesus, the suffering is necessary because it can produce the endurance we need to finish well. It also is a purifying thing, which we'll see. Let's continue on in this, this text here. It says, for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. What? Finished with sin. It doesn't mean you will never sin again, but you have been, you've broken free from the, in Christ. There is death, resurrection, has busted open those locks for you, okay? He's, he's done that work for you. When you suffer for Christ, it will change you, though. Because we all wrestle with sin, if we're honest. Like, there's, there's temptation, and we will deal with temptation from now until the day he either raptures us, whenever that happens, or we die. But it doesn't have any control over us anymore. And there is this interesting element that happens when physical suffering comes into the equation you're like, I don't, I don't want any of that anymore. So maybe what once was a stronghold in your life, maybe a little suffering is good for you to like, knock that of, like, out of you. Like, No, because they're suffering because of their allegiance to Christ. And, they're, and we'll see in a second, they're turning away from those certain sins. And Peter, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is letting us know, letting them know, If you've suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. It will do radical things for you in your walk with Jesus. So again, not saying pray for suffering, but maybe welcome it into your life when it happens, because maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit's trying to teach you a lesson. Maybe he sees a bigger picture than you and I do. And we're in this moment, we're like, this is not fair. I don't know how many times I prayed that to God. (laughs) This is not fair. And he's like, James, you don't see what I see. You don't see where I'm, where I'm taking you. You don't see what I'm trying to do in you. This is fair. This is beyond fair. This is necessary, James. This is necessary. Because I'm dealing with stuff in you. And a little bit of suffering is a good lesson to learn. It just is. But you've, you've finished with sin. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of like, it's at that done with it. It's the, it's the garment, so to speak, that you are like, I'm done with this. I'm throwing these clothes away. I don't want to put these on anymore. And you wake up the next morning, you're like, how'd these get on me? Right? And you're like, oh, just take them off again. Like, no, this is an active thing. Be done with those things. Verse two, it says, you won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires. This is part of that being done with sin. There's a, a mind shift uh, or a mindset that, that shifts. It It changes. You're not chasing down your own desires anymore. We're really good at that. All of us have had plenty of experience within our lives. I don't know where you're at in your, your journey with Jesus, but at some point in time, there was a period where you did not know Christ, and what you were known for was chasing your own desires, and some of you were really good at that, more accomplished than others, but guess what? We were all doing the same thing, Okay. What he's saying is when suffering enters into the equation, you will no longer chase after those things, your fleshly urges, your fleshly desires, those sinful things. But he says this, but you will be anxious, not in a bad way, okay, because we don't want to be anxious. Don't be anxious for anything. You don't want to be, you know, you, you will be eager is a better word there to do the will of God. So this transformation happens. Transformation in Christianity is essential to the deal. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, change has to happen, has to happen. Change will happen, okay? Surrender is real, the change will happen. Some things are automatic. I don't know about you, but there were some things that I wrestled with pre-Christ, and I got saved, and boom, those things were gone. Those temptations were gone, and some are more stubborn than others, and it's this, that's why they call it sanctification. It's a, it's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. I used to pray as, a, as an early Christian, freshly saved, like, God, just take it all away from me. This is a no-brainer. Like, I'm new to this thing, God, and uh, like, it's clear as day to me. Like, if you just removed all the temptations and desires from within me, boom, You got a good one, God. Like, I'm good, man. Like, just do that. And he's like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no clue. And I can say, looking back now, 20 plus years walking to the Lord, I'm like, I had no clue. What I'm learning in my consistency with walking with Jesus is I'm way more wicked than what I thought I was. It's a word. I mean, I knew when I got saved. Like, I was a bad dude. Like, I knew that. But now I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, it's like this onion thing that's getting peeled back. And I'm like, we're close to being done, right, Lord? He's like, no, nope, we still got more layers. I'm still working on you. I'm like, man, How big is this? How many levels are there? But I think that's part of it. But the desire is like, I don't, I'm going to throw these garments away. I, because when I think about what he did for me, and his sacrifice, Christ's sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection, and then this, this gift of grace that he has bestowed upon us changes everything. Changes everything. Chuck Smith wrote this book, highly recommend it. Why Grace Changes Everything. You should read that book. If you've never read that book, you should buy that book and read that book. Because grace is the deal. Man, it's the grace of God. It's his kindness that leads to repentance. It's a beautiful thing that he has set up and he's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to love you. I'm going to shower you with unmerited, unearned favor. You're not worthy of it. You don't deserve it. But he's like, I got bucket loads for you and I'm just going to keep drowning you in my grace. Even though you, there's nothing you can do to earn it. You can't earn more of it because what he has for you is perfectly what you need. And it's that, it's the grace of God, which motivates us to like, I don't want to go back because I know what my life was like before Christ and the hopelessness that I had. There's no peace. There's just animosity. Animosity is what ruled and controlled my heart. Hatred and bitterness controlled my heart. And I know what it feels like in that moment. That was one of those things, those immediate things that Christ set me free of. The moment I surrendered to him, it was like, boom, they're gone. It was gone. And it's his grace, it's his grace that is such a great motivating factor for you and I to make it through this world, to stay free of returning to the past. And if you're dealing with that temptation, then I would encourage you to go back to the cross Revisit the cross and that sacrifice that he made on your behalf and that abundance of grace that was on display for you to set you free of whatever that thing is. So we'll be eager to do the will of God. That's the other thing of like, how do we arm ourselves? Well, you arm yourself with like being like all in for Jesus. That would be number one. The other helpful thing, the second thing that will help you to arm yourself to have the same attitude that he has is to be fixed on his will. Your will be done. Jesus prayed it. You and I should pray it hundreds of times every single day. You roll out of bed. I say this all the time. Roll, get pushed. I don't know how it works for you. You get out of bed, you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done today. It's a good place to start. Good place to start. Because I don't know what it is. You, You might can identify with this, but I'll roll out of bed and my flesh is like, all right, I got it all scheduled today. This is a me day. This is about me today. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. Like, I don't want that. Like, I know what it's like to have me day. And it's full of sin, okay, and separation from God. Like, I don't want that. Lord, your will be done. I want to do what you want me to do today. I want to be all in for you today. Holy Spirit, please fill me and empower me to walk through this day, not just to start it, but to finish it. And and then to resolve my accounts at the end of the day. Okay, Lord, I got a list of things I need to apologize for. Okay? Well, here we go. Um... That should be like kind of the framework of each and every one of our days. And if you're like, well, I don't have anything to apologize for at the end of the day. You need to take better notes, I think. Um, <clears throat> I, don't know where, I don't know what you're doing. Do you not go around people at all ever? You must not drive because that's, that's like 90% of it for me. It's just driving. I'm like, Lord, I don't know. Um, can you deal with these other people? It's just that, that mindset of like today. Lord, let, let today be about you today. And then at the end of the day... Okay, here's the deal, Lord. I, I just want to finish well daily. I just want to finish well daily. Yeah, I want to finish the race and all that good stuff. I want to hear well done, good, and faithful servant. I want to hear well done, good, and faithful servant on a daily basis. Like, it's cool at the end. That's, that's, hey, amen. that's, that's an amazing thing. I think he's willing to offer that thing to us daily. Because, man, this thing's a struggle. But walking with Jesus is hard. Let's be real. It's hard. It's challenging. Yeah, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He is of the world. It's still difficult. That doesn't mean it gets easier. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is life. life is good. Life is good. Life is good. But it's challenging sometimes. And that's reality. And here's Peter just communicating to these people who are going through difficult times. He's like, stay focused on him. Accomplish his will. Be eager to do his will. Verse 3, you've had enough in the past of evil things. That godless people enjoy. He's like, time's up. Time's up, grow up. Nellie asked me last night, she's teaching the little kids, or I don't know how much teaching happens in that little toddler class. She's managing in the infant and toddler class, I think. She asked me, she said, uh, I'm just bringing up a text here. If you're wondering why I'm looking at my phone, don't worry, I still got you. Uh, I wanna bring another translation into the mix. She asked me, she's like, what are you teaching on tomorrow? Because I'm not gonna be able to be in there. And I said, grow up right? Not to her, obviously. <laughs> Sin. Grow up. No, then, then yeah, no. Then we, you need to pray for our marriage then if that's how I responded. No, I said, I just used that phrase just to see what her reaction would be because I like to do that to my wife sometimes. And she's like, really? And she's like, come on. Like, what? No, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, kind of. It's that. In, in, in our walks with Christ, like we, each and every one of us have to get to this point where it's like, grow up. Grow up. Grow up, like, especially in the Western world where we're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. It's gross how spoiled we are on this side of the globe. We, we got everything. You got everything you could possibly want for a good church experience. You got AC running right now. You got heat if we need it. You got comfy, cushy chairs. Now, I'm not dogging this at all, but I am saying, like, we, ha- we get so comfortable And then when something happens in our life, we want to walk away from God. Grow up. Like, what are we doing? This is nonsense. Like, suffering's a part of the deal. Like, it's not about you. It's not about me. You're a vapor. I'm a vapor. Who cares? History will never remember our names. So what does it matter? Serve the Lord Jesus. Stay focused on him. Accomplish his will within our lives. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Done with the past. Pressing on into the future and what he has. Laying hold of those things he has laid hold of aside for us is a rough translation or rough paraphrase of what Paul described. Pressing onward. Like, that's what we have to be about. The, The Tree of Life version, this is the one I was trying to slickly get to without causing too much of a distraction for you on my phone here i like the way that this this phrases this out it says verse three it says for the time has passed that was sufficient for you to carry out the desire of the pagans those who don't know god you had your fun you had your time your fun quote unquote time's up time's up if you said yes to jesus there was a there was a you had a one birth date the day you were born physically And then you had a death date, the day you died and were raised to new life in Jesus Christ. On that day, you said farewell, you said adios to all the junk, to all the garbage. And you began day one of your new life, reborn in Christ Jesus, focused on Him, saying farewell to the past. Paul would say, He's like, I consider it all rubbish. It's like, it's a big pile of dung is what he phrased that out of. All my accomplishments, all the good things that I did, the good and the bad, I don't think about that anymore. I press on. I press on. And that's where we have to get to. The rest of verse four from the Tree of Life version says, living in indecency, lust, drunken binges, orgies, wild parties, and lawless idolatries, just to name a few. That list is not exclusive or all-inclusive of all the things, right? It's like, there's probably many more things, but that's a really good summary. (laughs) Kind of covers everything, right? You're like, well, that one's not me, that one's not me, that one, oh, but that probably one. Okay, so yeah, we're just guilty of all of it. He says, New Living Translation says, their immorality, their lust, their feasting and drunkenness, the wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Done. It's over, guys. It's over. You cannot run back to these things. Those are the garments, when you met Jesus in the dressing room, so to speak, that he said, I will take all of those, and I'll take them on myself onto the cross. I will die for all of those sins. So hand those over to me. You can't drink the cup of wrath for these things. Christ says, I'll drink from it for you. Give me your old garments, I'll give you new ones. It's time to be done. And if the suffering gets turned up for us in this nation, we have to be done with these things. We have to. You're not going to make it. You won't make it if you haven't broken free of these things.
0: You've been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James is going through the New Testament letter written by the Apostle Peter. 1 Peter is a book full of empowering statements made from someone who knew firsthand what it was like to believe in Jesus and to face enemies of all kinds. Much of Peter's message is reminding us that although we might face fiery trials, in the end, God will lift us up for being faithful to him. Once again, Peter knew what it was like to suffer. He himself had once denied that he even knew Jesus. Surely there was a turmoil within him during those hours of denial. But he went on to be a spiritual pillar as the Christian church was birthed. We trust that as you're listening to these messages from 1 Peter that you're being strengthened in your own walk and faith with the Lord. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. We're a group of people of all ages coming together to magnify Jesus and find hope and new life in Him. We'd love to have you come join us for a Sunday morning service or we have a Thursday evening service too. You can find out more on our website, breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, if the Spirit leads you, there's a link to where you can support this ministry in a financial way. We're grateful for any support as we strive to spread the light of the gospel in a dark world. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, but we'll be back again next time in the book of 1 Peter. Pastor James is looking forward to sharing more with you here on Bread for the Broken.
2: Let me paint the picture of you man who I love.